Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Mint. I am Nasreen Sultana. I am an assistant editor at Mint. I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. The pandemic crisis deteriorating in India, especially in the last few months and delayed economic recovery due to localized lockdowns had very little impact on equities. Investors continued to pump money into equities, making it the best performing asset class in the first 6 months of 2021. However, with the V-shaped recovery in global economy, inflation fears as reflected in surging commodity prices have resurfaced. Will the Federal Reserve take its foot off the pedal and taper its stimulus policies? If so, would the bullish sentiment reverse its course? To understand that I'm joined by Shivani Kurian head of equity research Kotak Mahindra AMC. Hi Shivani welcome to the show. Hi hi thank you so much for having me on your show. Lovely to be here. So Shivani as we speak uh, stock markets have been hitting record highs but the question among investors is where are we headed now are there risk uh, that are there are there many risks that are there that could be staring at the markets what do you think? Uh, yes so markets have had a great run over the last year year and a half and what we've also seen uh, specifically this year is that market movement has become far more broad based so the mid cap index as well as the small cap index after a long period of time has started outperforming the nifty now from here on uh, you know if you look at markets into in two parts one is on earnings and then on valuations clearly we are seeing an improvement in the corporate earnings cycle and that has been one of the key factors driving the markets after a long time we've actually seen numbers in terms of corporate earnings balance sheet as well as cash flows improving and that has translated into pat to gdp ratios improving from an all time low and therefore earnings is going to be the key driver for the markets going forward however in all of this we must also remember that valuations are important and if you look at the headline valuations say for the nifty for instance in terms of price to earnings or price to book market valuations are at the upper end and therefore our belief is that in the near term the market may remain range bound and therefore clarity on earnings progression is going to be the key Now remember we had the lockdown in the months of April and May and the full impact of the lockdown both in terms of growth as well as corporate earnings will be visible only in the first quarter of FY22 and that is something that we will watch out for. Now incrementally our belief is that overall the pace of earnings growth should start to improve after the the first quarter and unless and until we see a big third wave of covid impacting us earnings progression is likely to remain fairly robust but in the near term because of valuations it's possible that markets do stay somewhat range bound and then once the clarity emerges on the earnings progression then markets will start to possibly move once again so for us what are we really watching out for the first is the progress on vaccination and that is going to be the key because even if there is a third wave if we are well vaccinated as an overall country then the impact could be much lower than what we saw in the first and the second wave 
the commodity inflation and the global interest rate cycles are also something that we are watching out for. Now, in terms of vaccination, what we have observed so far is that the pace of vaccination has been significantly high in the urban areas, especially in some of the large cities, which means that overall, from an urban demand perspective, this could be a positive trend. We have to watch out for what's happening in the rural areas because at this point in time, there is somewhat of a difference between the pace of vaccination in urban and rural India. And therefore, for us to watch out for will be, number one, the pace of earnings growth. Second will be the COVID case trajectory. Third will be the pace of vaccination. And fourth, of course, external factors because India does not operate in isolation and factors in terms of how the Fed moves towards gradual hiking of interest rates, as well as a consequent dollar movement. These are some of the key risks that we will watch out for from a market perspective. Right. As you very clearly said that uh, corporate earnings is what, uh, basically the revival in the corporate earnings is what kind of supporting the stock markets right now. But, you know, many economists uh, are also penciling in a gradual rate hike by the Reserve Bank of India. Maybe by December quarter is what they're expecting. But if not December, then probably by the end of this fiscal. Now, in a situation, because right now we are very, very well, uh, there's enough liquidity in the system because of lower interest rates. And corporates have also been benefiting from, uh, from that low interest rate scenario. Now, do you think that if RBI starts tightening its rates by the end of 2021 or the fiscal in March, how do you think it will impact corporate earnings and overall stock markets? Uh, yes. So, you know, if you look at the rate cycle, the way we are reading the rate cycle is that possibly for this year, RBI stays on hold. Now, what RBI has clearly indicated is that until and unless growth comes back in a structural, sustainable basis, they would continue to provide adequate liquidity and their overall stance would remain accommodative. So therefore, we believe that for now, liquidity continues to remain adequate in the system and RBI's policy in terms of its stance also stays accommodative. Now, inflation is something that has moved up and it is now at the upper end of RBI's tolerance band. And therefore, inflation trajectory will have to be watched out for. But in the near term, I think RBI has clearly suggested that they would give growth precedence over inflation. And that's uh, what, our, what we are penciling in. Now, uh, maybe towards the end of this fiscal, you will possibly see some slight change in terms of interest rate and up move on in terms of overall policy rates. However, we don't think that that is sufficient enough to derail the corporate earnings cycle. That's because, one, uh, corporate India has used this period of COVID uh, in order to deleverage its balance sheet. So balance sheet deleveraging has been seen across industries. And in fact, sectors which were the highest in terms of leverage has seen significant improvement. So that's number one. The second is that any up move in interest rates is likely to be only gradual. And the central bank would possibly signal its intention to hike rates well in advance. And therefore, we expect it to be a fairly orderly move uh, whenever that really happens. And what we have seen, you know, and we've analyzed interest rate movements over the last 10, 15 year period in scenarios where interest rate hikes go in tandem with improvement in terms of growth and corporate earnings. In those sort of scenarios, the equity markets do tend to react positively because the hike in interest rates is an outcome of improvement in terms of growth. So at this point in time, we believe that RBI stays on hold for some time. And whenever interest rates hike happens, maybe sometime next year, the hike, 
hike will possibly be gradual. And if that coincides with actually growth coming back from an equity market perspective, that necessarily need not be negative. And it could actually be a positive, especially if growth starts to surprise positively. Right. So from the uh, domestic central bank, if you move to the global central bank or the U.S. central bank, uh, Fed has clearly indicated that probably there would be rate tightening maybe by the end of uh, next two, three years. Uh, But at least the conversation has started, A, because U.S. economy is uh, doing well and B, because inflation has started to rise. Uh, I was looking at the data for because we are just about to end the six months of this year and we began the year with a good expectation. And I think we are ending the year, uh, uh, not ending the year, but ending the six months with some good uh, numbers as far as Sensex and Nifty goes. But at the same time, this uh, the rally in the market is fed by the FII money, the foreign liquidity, as we say. Do you think if a Fed tightens its rates, I know it's not immediate, but it will be probably in two, three years. But do you think that FII money will start withdrawing from emerging markets, especially India? Uh, that's a valid uh, point and a question uh, you know, that needs to be answered. So let's first discuss what's happening on the Fed front. And as you cl- clearly said, now the dot pr- plot in terms of expectation of rate hike shows that possibly next year or uh, in 2023, you will possibly see rate hikes happening. However, what is different this time around is that, again, the taper will be gradual. There will possibly be also adequate warning coming from the Fed in terms of commentary, in terms of their move towards tightening rates. Now, the question is what what's happening on U.S. interest rates. And in fact, if you've looked at post the last Fed meeting, the bond deals actually softened. And therefore, people believe that whenever the taper does happen and whenever interest rates start to move up, it will be again a gradual move up and not something that derails uh, stability in the market. Now, from an FII perspective, clearly the focus is on growth. So money really chases uh, economies and geographies where growth comes back. At this point in time, it does appear that the U.S. economy is uh, in a fairly good position and growth is uh, fairly strong and the rebound in growth has also been strong. And therefore, for FII flows to continue into emerging markets, what one needs to watch out for is the pace of growth uh, recovery in countries like India, China and the rest of the emerging market path. At this point in time, what it clearly is visible for India is that the second COVID wave has had a much lesser economic impact than the first wave had. Uh, In fact, the impact in terms of manufacturing, etc., has been far, far lesser and limited as compared to the period, same period of last year. We've incrementally started seeing a significant sharp improvement in terms of high-frequency economic indicators as the economy has started to open up. And also, as we were discussing earlier, corporate earnings cycle does seem to be on a revival path. Also, uh, one important uh, data point that we need to note is that while we've seen very strong FII flows and there has been some near-term volatility, the DII flows which were impacted last year into equities has now turned the corner and therefore domestic institutional investors are also starting to see positive flows and that's reflecting in terms of the DII flows in the equity markets and that is somewhat balancing out the volatility that you're seeing on the FII side. I think clearly growth is going to be the differentiator uh, where uh, FII money moves uh, in terms of geographies whether between emerging markets and developed markets and our belief is that at this point in time the growth cycle for a country like India still continues to remain strong. Near term as we were discussing the first quarter will bear some impact of the lockdown that was seen in April. 
Mm, right. Uh, since you were talking about the corporate earnings, in the last two quarters we saw, no doubt the companies had a better control of the cost and the expenses, but also uh, the super cycle, as it is called, the super cycle of commodities, it has been eating the margins of a lot of companies or a lot of sectors which are dependent on uh, commodities or raw materials uh, or metals as their as their raw materials, for instance, auto or even FMCG in that matter. Uh, do you think that if the super cycle in commodities continue, because we see that Brent is at, Brent crude is at around $75 uh, per barrel now, do you think earnings may be downgraded further? So yes, uh, the commodity cost and the cost inflationary pressures are something that is real. And there could possibly be some impact in terms of margins, which we could see in the subsequent quarters. However, this time around, pricing power has been very firmly in the hands of the corporates. And we've seen in sectors, for instance, in case of automobiles, for instance, you know, recently we've seen some of the price uh, hikes uh, and the commodity inflation being passed on to the consumer in terms of price hikes. So uh, that's number one. So some amount of the inflationary pressures because of the commodity cost increase will be passed on and that will help in terms of protecting margins. The other key factor to look out for is the volume growth. If overall demand recovery does take place by the second half of the year, then overall operating leverage does start to play out and that can be positive from a margin perspective. In the near term, yes, there could be some margin pressures that we need to watch out for. Uh, what our belief is that if you look at consensus earnings estimates for FY22 for nifty companies, today the consensus is in the range of 30 to 35%. And in fact, after the fourth quarter earnings season, we have not seen any downgrades to earnings because most of the companies reported earnings which were in line with estimates or better than estimates. So there have not been any downgrades so far. Now, uh, on the GDP front, on the other hand, we've seen you know a lot of street economists cut estimates by about one to one and a half percent. And therefore, we do believe that there is a possibility of some uh, consensus earnings downgrades, but that is unlikely to significantly derail the economic and the corporate earnings cycle. So even if there is some moderation in terms of corporate earnings, we still believe that corporate earnings would remain fairly strong in FY22. Uh, at this moment, as, as we're saying, the the number that is getting penciled in is about 30 to 35%. And you could see a few percentage points being shaved off. But that still leaves you with a fairly healthy corporate earnings outlook for FI22 and then going into FI23. Okay. So lastly, uh, you know, my question is, according to you, what are the long-term opportunities in emerging markets, including India? Yeah, so I think uh, clearly the growth opportunity in emerging markets, and especially India, is huge. And let me just talk a little bit more in detail in India here. Uh, so there are a few uh, key themes that we think are structural themes that are uh, you know, relevant for a market like India. The first is uh, the supply chain shift and the China plus one strategy. Again, this is beneficial for emerging markets as a whole. And India clearly this time around is better placed to benefit from the supply chain shifts away from China. The second important uh, factor that we are noticing in India and possibly been accelerated because of the COVID situation is the market share gains and consolidation across industries. So across industries, you are seeing that market share are getting consolidated in the hands of a few corporates. And also there is an acceleration of movement of market share from the unorganized to the organized sector. And therefore, identifying market leaders in each segment and sub-segment is becoming important in this investment cycle. 
Now, third important factor that we are looking at, and again, this is a slightly long-term structural theme, is the revival of the investment cycle in India. Now, one may argue that capacity utilization levels are still fairly low, and therefore private corporate capex will still take time to pick up. While this is true at a headline level, what we have started to notice is in that a few sectors, say for instance cement or even in steel, capacity utilization levels have picked up. And our belief is that over the next couple of years, revival in private corporate capex is likely to happen. And the very fact that is today balance sheets and cash flows are much stronger than what they were in the last cycle. The third uh, and the you know, the other important factor that we are seeing again structurally is the real estate cycle. And in India, real estate has gone through a sharp downturn. However, at the margin, because of better profitability, lower interest rates, as well as policy environment being favorable, it is possible that real estate is uh, sees a revival over the next few years. And therefore, real estate as a sector, as well as allied sectors, for instance, home building, are sectors that we are really watching out for. Uh, again, this is a sector which benefits from consolidation as a theme because you've again seen that there has been a shift from the unorganized to the organized and also some of the larger developers who have stronger balance sheets benefit in this cycle. And finally, di digital is here to stay. And I think that overall companies will have to change their business models and adapt to digital technology. And even on the technology side, companies and, you know, the, those who are able to offer digital products and services to the customer, uh, th those are the companies that will benefit. So, And digital is an overarching factor which is seen across emerging markets and India and across sectors. So that's a theme to watch out for. Right. So on that note, Shivani, thanks a lot for sharing those insights and uh, also giving us your time. Thank you so much and uh, have a safe health. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hope you stay safe and hope all your listeners are also staying safe and taking all the COVID-related precautions. Thank you very much. Thank you, Shivani. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.